What's up, nerds? And welcome back to your weekly movie review podcast. That's right, you're locked in and tuned in to the 3FN Podcast. Of course, as always, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. This week, we will be reviewing the brand new James Gunn-directed Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. But before we get there, I am your host, Rich, and the nerds are all here. First, he is a man that just after watching Guardians of the Galaxy decided that he was going to join the Ravagers so he could cl- so he could clean up all that space junk. This is Ron. Hey, sometimes you just got to go out there to nowhere and just get it picked up. And of course, he is the man that doesn't need an introduction, yet he has the longest introduction in all of podcasting. Ladies and gentlemen, it's hashtag Big Natty Cool, hashtag Challenge Accepted, hashtag Mad Dog Strong Style, hashtag Diesel Malenko, because he's the man of a thousand and four hashtags. Ladies and gentlemen, he is the leader of the Minnows Gang and is your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. He's the man, the myth, and the legend, and he's rolled up into one jolly old ginger bearded feller who is currently simping over Bailey's latest outfit. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you Diesel. I am Diesel. There we go. Uh, what he just said was, uh, I can't repeat it. We will get in trouble by so many different places. Uh, every, everybody, everybody. Yeah, once again, yes, yes, we understand. Once again, that's going to get us canceled by every group known to man. Oh, my God. I should have canceled on being able to record today. So you guys just could have like put me on the soundboard as I am Diesel and just pepper me in throughout the day. You know what? You're giving me ideas for the future, by the way. Maybe we'll, we'll make that. Maybe I'll get you to do a bunch of different recordings. Like, we'll do a happy, a sad, a, you know, like, we have to do different inflictions, and then I can put it on its own soundboard. So when you do miss, I could just, I am Diesel. I am Diesel. And, but when you're sad, I'll be like, I am Diesel. There you go. How about uh, excited? I'm Diesel. <laughs> Question? I am Diesel. (laughs) (laughs) He'll read whatever you put on the teleprompter, folks. (laughs) Whatever you put on the teleprompter. Well, before we jump into the show, let's find out how uh, everybody's week was. Ron, how has been the week? Uh, Week's been all right. It's been a little hectic at work because, you know, today was a thing that people like to do. They run, I guess, like a half a marathon or something. Sounds exhausting to me. I don't know. I would never do it. So. We had to do the whole half a marathon and 5K run for pothole checks. So, in any little thing that somebody could lose an ankle on. So, we had to, you know, our supervisor was Mr. Did you do this section? Did you do this? Yes. We went through it three times. You want us to go back over it? We will. <laughs> but so that was the last couple of days at work. Our Wednesday group, we uh, showed up. We did our dumb idiots campaign just nice. to finish off that level. We're going back to Dragonlance next week because. The player that we thought would be out for a couple weeks is actually recovering faster than we thought, nice. so he's going to be back next week. Awesome! So we'll start that. We'll start Dragon Lance, and we're just going to keep those dumb characters for fill-ins when we need to do yeah. something because it just seems fun. Yeah. Um, and then Thursday we did the movie, so we'll talk about that later. And Friday I went to see Jerry Seinfeld with nice. Jeff, our buddy Jeff McKenzie. What and is with all these tickets at the forum? Hey, it was a good show. Was it actually. good? It, yeah. was, it, was, it was worth a show. I guess I've, never, got, I've never been a big Seinfeld fan, but I, was, I, 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 I get why he's respected. Yeah, but I was I wasn't either, and I didn't like his other stand-up I didn't get, but he was very more. Um, Move, move around like he was really jumping around and stuff yeah. and he like he, it's his kind of, so there's a couple stupid little you know things like his, observational his, his, comedy yeah. observational comedy but like it's it wasn't bad it was funny it was good it was worth a, worth seeing him since he came to town 
Um, so we did that, and you know, then it was Saturday. Was pretty much catch up on sleep day because I've been running ragged since freaking Wednesday. What the fuck is that? Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I was, like, <laughs> oh, I was like, sleep? What is sleep, dude? I took like a two hour nap in the middle of the afternoon yesterday before going to dinner. Michelangelo just came home at like six thirty and was out by like eight thirty. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, fuck this noise. <laughs> So uh, before we jump into how your week was, Diesel, I gotta I gotta pose this because I did pose this to you the other day. Uh, there's times that I think of different video things that I could do with you, which maybe someday we'll do. But you know, obviously time and, and, and so, yeah. so is there any way we could get you to do a half marathon? But I, you don't have to actually run it. I just want to film you like do it, like start to start and maybe jog in the start, and then like a block later you're just smoking a cigarette, walking briskly, <laughs> <laughs> complaining about marathons. <laughs> I live my life a marathon at a time. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, instead of a quarter mile at a time? Oh. Oh, yeah. Family. Family. Family's coming up soon, by the way. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely into do that type of shit. Well, I know. You you, you always love that. My, my number's got to be 469, though. We'll, we'll make, well, we're going to do it. We're not going to make you officially be a part of this fucking thing, so we're just going to make it up ourselves. Yeah, right? yeah, but my number's got to be 469. That, it should be. Diesel. And we'll put Diesel 469. Maybe we should put that shirt for sale at T-Public. Would you guys wear that? Because I think it'd be perfect. Maybe get a little fun saying on the back, even. Oh. Who knows? Uh, we, maybe we'll make that merch for pre-order for people. Uh, Diesel, how has been your week, though? Oh, I... It's been busy. <laughs> I work way too much. My my one day off this week was from the second job was to go see the movie, so that was nice. But like Friday night, I get out of my normal job. I come down to Dragon Master Games. And I'm like in my head, I'm like I'll leave by like seven o'clock. By like nine o'clock, I'm like all right, I gotta fucking go. <laughs> and then one of our old friends showed up for the first time in a while, so I was like, all right, I'll talk with him for a little while. And so it was like 9.30 by the time I got out of here. And it was just like, I need a vacation. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, It's been busy. Uh, work's been good, though. There was some changes coming here at Dragon Master Games soon. As you guys saw downstairs, we got a whole bunch of donations, furniture-wise, from another business in the plaza that's doing complete renovations. So we're changing over some stuff. I got a brand new desk, so I don't have the warped table to sort on anymore. So. <laughs> nice. I'm moving on up in the world. You're moving up in the world. And you also got a little uh, this shelving system yep. that you might be able to use in the future as well. Very much, very good. Very good. Diesel. My week has been the same as it's been. I've been very busy. Uh, the good news is that the kid is coming into the end of the lacrosse season, so I get to catch up on a lot of things and, and get caught up with things for Patreon and everything else that we've been kind of putting off because, let's be honest, it's been crazy lately. Uh, so I'm excited about that. Got to see the movie. I did not have time to go out of town because I want to see that Sisu movie. Maybe I'll get with Diesel this week and we'll plan on something because i know we're not going to see a new movie on thursday yeah. so maybe we'll make a, a pilgrimage if you will uh because uh i kind of really want to see that damn movie yeah and i just i didn't have time this weekend so hopefully if we do we'll do a little quick something about it uh but yeah other than that just busy being a parent and trying to get everything in watch some wrestling with the the, the guys uh, yes last night yeah. the ken m dog and, and crazy curtis we were over at the uh the, the basement watching that we're going to be talking about it on 607 TWS nice. went to the movie with you guys on Thursday so I did do some fun things yeah. just just tiring and my wrist is still fucking killing me yeah. it's feeling a lot better but it still fucking sucks so you know as it goes along I can't complain I'm just getting old and falling apart what can I say hopefully everybody out there is having an awesome week as well and I hope you have a great week this upcoming week but we're going to have to dive into the show here in a minute but before we can we got to get the business out of the way we got to hit you off with some of those shameless plugs of course if you would like to find anything out about the 3FN podcast it is simple go to 3FNpodcast.com all the information is there all our social media Media links are there, the T Public links there, that Patreon link is there as well. 
patreon.com slash 3FN podcast. For as little as $1 a month, you get a ton of extra bonus content and help support everything we do here. On top of all of that, there is uh, spots for 3FN podcast where you can stream the show. There's spots for 607 TWS. You can stream the show from there as well on the website. Plus, there's friends of the show like the ODPH podcast where Ken M, my co-host over at 607 TWS, uh, you can stream the ODPH from our website. Go over to his website, odphpodcast.com. All that great jazz. All of it's at that one-stop shop, 3FNpodcast.com. While you're there, also check out the musical directory where the bands who provide us with their music so we don't get those dreaded DMCAs live. And of course, big shout out to our friend Shout at the Robots, whose song Fail Better is the theme song for the 3FN podcast. You hear in the beginning of the show each and every week. So check them out and uh, all the other great bands over there. Make sure you support them on YouTube Music, Spotify, and Bandcamp. And last but certainly not least, we're going to give a shout out to the people who help bring the show to you commercial free. And they have their own section on 3FNpodcast.com. It says sponsors. First of all, our main sponsor of everything we do, our good friends at Dragon Master Games. For all of your Magic the Gathering gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web, dragonmastergames.com. Also, if you're in the 607 and you want your car to look showroom fresh, take it over to Rex to Rod's Auto Detailing. Diesel, what's the number to call to get an appointment? 607-644-3389. And when you're ready to put the pride back in your ride, tell them the 3FN Podcast sent you. Also, let's talk about our good friends over at Sci-Fi Horror Fest. We're coming into the home stretch August 25th and 26th. I know it's a little ways off, but if you would like to get information about guests like Felissa Rose, Dave Sheridan, Ken Foray, and more, and we still have some more announcements to go, or you would like to get passes, tickets, or vendor information, which they're 100% sold out, but you can still get the information for next year, visit SciFiHorrorFest.com. And a big shout out, lastly, to our good friends over at W Energy. That's W.GGDUBBY.GG. And at checkout, use the promo code 3FNPOD. That's the number 3, FNPOD, for 10% off your orders. And thank you for being the energy sponsor of the 3FN Podcast. Yeah. One of these weeks, I'm going to shorten up uh, kind of the sponsor section. Not because I'm not happy about our sponsors, but, you know, there's some of them. You just go to 3FNpodcast.com and you can find all of them. Yeah. Dragon Master Games is the most important. They, they, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have the A122 Production Studios. That's legit. We are literally housed in the building. That's where we are currently right now before customers show up. Yes. That's that's the best part about it. I mean, our makeshift place during COVID, we had to shut down. Yeah, uh, Studio B. Studio B Studio got B. shut down. They, they, the code enforcement showed up, said it was inhabitable. Couldn't, we shouldn't have been there. It was it was a messy situation. Studio B was condemned. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very bad. much. It's condemned. bad. Like so, we we'll have to find Studio C if there's another pandemic. Studio C, we will follow it by Diesel's favorite Studio D. <laughs> <laughs> That's just actually his bedroom where we just hang the microphones from the ceiling and do the show from Sex Wings. <laughs> that would be a good show. <laughs> Just chilling in sex wings, just like, ooh. Dominatrix just sitting in the corner. Every time you say the, the we come up with a special word every week, every time you say it, she smacks you. It's kind of like the reverse of uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse. You know, I'm not into much sub stuff, but that would be kind of fun. Yeah. Well, we'll have to discuss this in the future. Furthermore, this is something we should say for when we have video. I don't know if we can do that on YouTube. They probably would uh, not appreciate the dominatrix. But I think, I think Rumble would allow it for some reason. Hey, didn't they do the roast of Kreischer on OnlyFans? Yes. Oh, that's right. We could do it on OnlyFans. Yeah. But I, I was going to say, we could also do Rumble. Like, that's a new thing yeah. I hear. I don't know how good or bad that is. I know Russell Brand's on it. 
<laughs> wow. <laughs> I know the UFC is doing stuff over there, but you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know much about it. But anyways, I, I don't think that they'd stop us from having a dominatrix in the corner. Yeah. Oh, three bears, one cave. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, they already stole our first idea. <laughs> well, with that, let's just uh, dive into the actual what you came here. Once again, there's not going to be a decent movie triple stuff because we're recording this on a Sunday. That's why you're getting it on a Monday. Uh, it's another one of those weeks where you have to squeeze it in because of you know my, my duties as a, as a father and and uh, making sure I'm there for my kid's senior night at lacrosse. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. you know, it is what it is. We have to get it in. And uh, hey, I'm not complaining. I'm just letting you guys know what the real life situation is. So we're going to dive right on over into what you want to hear and that is welcome to three fs movie club refreshments are available in the lobby and please keep our theater clean by disposing of trash in specified containers and remember gift certificates are available for any special occasion enjoy the show Welcome to this week's 3FN Movie Club! Of course, this week's 3FN Movie Club review will be of the brand new and final, question mark, installation of the Guardians of the Galaxy series, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3! Of course, if you are new here to the 3FN Podcast, thank you for tuning in. And if you, and for those people who are new, and for people who just need a reminder, I'm going to break down how we do the 3FN Movie Club when we're talking about a new movie, and that, of course, is we split into two sections, because we would not want to spoil the movie for anybody who doesn't want the movie spoiled. So, this first section is completely spoiler-free. We're going to talk about, you know, the stats of the movie, the spoiler-free synopsis, who's in the movie, who made the movie, all that happy jazz, and we're going to finish it up with a thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, or thumbs down, recommendation, and that's spoiler-free. Then we're going to take a break where you're going to hear the promo for live stream for the cure and then when we come back from said break we are going to dive in we'll give you one more warning and then we're going to dive into the full spoiler review of guardians of the galaxy volume 3 followed by the game followed by our scores that is how it runs here on the 3fn podcast gentlemen are you gentlemen ready to talk about guardians of the galaxy volume 3 i am well let's go all right, Lissa, first go over to that spoiler-free synopsis. Man, I got a story to tell. And there's only one on IMDb, and this is their generated one. Still reeling from the loss of Gamora, Peter Quill rallies his team to defend the universe and one of their own, a mission that could mean the end of the Guardians if not successful. I mean, it's partially true, but mostly not. Peter Quill wasn't really the rallying force of that, though? I don't, I don't yeah. think so. Okay. I'm gonna say no. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I'm gonna say that I I don't I don't like this one. Yeah, no. Uh, inaccurate. Inaccurate. Diesel, could you come up with a spoiler-free one? I know I'm putting you on the spot. Can you come up with a quick spoiler-free one for the folks at home? In order to save one of their own, they must go back into his past to find clues to figure out how to save him. I like that. I dig that. I dig that. It's, it's very spoiler-free. We didn't even tell you who it was about. I like it. Diesel, you win. You win. All right. Let's uh, talk about the actual uh, happenings here. The runtime of this movie, two hours and 30 minutes. Of course, it was released on May 5th of 2023. And uh, we don't have... I don't have the budget up right now for the movie, but I, I guarantee the budget was over $300 million. So far, the worldwide gross... Mind you, this is just from up till Sunday. So this is not counting Sunday... This is just up to Sunday, and actually it might be just up to Saturday because we are recording kind of early on Sunday, is 83,200,000. 
So $83.2 million. And uh, the, domestic, uh, the gross domestically was 48.2. Like I said, I don't. I think this is only f- counting Saturday because yeah. we are recording early on a Sunday. So I don't want to give you guys bad information, but that is there. I, I, I'm expecting this movie to make over $100 million yeah, yeah. In, in the U.S., probably over $200 million worldwide easy. My guess would be like right around the 120 mark. It's definitely the number one spot this week. So Chris Pratt's probably in the one and two spot with this and Mario. Yes. I, I actually, I'm pretty sure. Once again, once we, we don't have that number because we're doing it early. So we don't have the exact numbers. Now that we know the story and uh, when it came out and all that happy jazz, it's time to find out who made the movie. Who made this shit? That is right. And uh, this one's easy on us for the director and writer because they are one in the same. What? Of course, this movie was written and directed by... James Gunn. I was going to make up a nickname or a middle name for him. I was going to say James Tiberius Gunn. I don't think that that's his really. Let's go Rocky Five. James Tommy Gunn. Ooh, I like it. I like it a lot. Tommy Gunn. So James Gunn is your writer and director of this film. And uh, let's see. He's done a ton of stuff. Let's be honest. I did not write down everybody's things because. Uh, to be honest, we, we had to do this last minute. So I, I'm just going to go back through some history. He wrote the screenplays for such great movies as uh, the Dawn of the Dead remake, Super. Uh, he also was Slither was one of his big ones. Of yep. course, the Guardians of the Galaxy movies in their entirety. Uh, one of Diesel's favorite movies of all time, Movie 43. <laughs> Uh, the Balco experiments on there of course and he's joined the DC family with the Suicide Squad and then the Peacemaker TV show and he directed not all of them but he directed most of them Uh, some of our favorite directing uh, gigs he did of course were Brightburn the Guardians of the Galaxy films Uh, you guys uh, excited about James Gunn and uh, you want to add any projects that you want to give him a shout out for fuck you James Gunn for leaving Marvel <laughs> Granted, DC needs you, but DC sucks. Just stay with your Marvel family. <laughs> Ronald? Uh, whatever. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how, you know, let's let's get two comic book franchises working again. Yeah, but DC sucks. <laughs> oh, let them know. All right. So uh, next up is the cinematographer for this film, and it was Henry Brom. Henry Brom uh, started his career in 1991 with a movie called The Rights of Mew. I've never seen it, so I can't speak to it i'm looking for his first big movie i think his first big movie was the movie crush in 2001 uh not the not the uh the psycho thriller the more rom-com if you yeah. will he also did nanny mcphee Flyboys. i know that uh we've seen that yep uh on top of that the bastard executioner i just think that's funny he did do the guardians of the galaxy volume two he did not do the first one but he did do volume two he did uh maleficent mistress of evil as well and he was also teamed up with james gunn for the suicide squad and guardians of the galaxy holiday special yeah. uh so henry brown very familiar with james gunn uh i would say that Recently, we've had this long list of cinematographers who have done these massive things. And I'm not saying anything about Henry Brown. He's done some really cool stuff. I'm just saying this is one of those ones that's kind of newer to the game. Only 37 credits. Yep, yep, newer to the game, but definitely has a gift with the use of colors and film. Yeah, absolutely. James Gunn likes him. That's why he's been... Yeah. Hey, listen. 
Listen, yeah. his he keeps his team tight. Yeah, he does. And that team is is very good at doing what they do. I can't yeah, I can't even yeah, that's uh, disagree why, uh, with that. Wouldn't be surprised to see half these people go to uh, DC. Oh, they probably are. They're, they're yeah. trust me. They're going to be uh, shooting. They're going to be shooting that Superman movie. Superman yeah. was a legacy. Legacy. So, yeah. Yeah. It's called Superman Legacy, and uh, we know that he's writing and directing it. So therefore, <laughs> yeah, I, I assume it's a lot of these people are going to go over, which is good for us as fans of movies. Let's be honest. Now that we know who made the movie, it's time to find out who starred in it. For the love of God, will someone please punch me in the face so I can see some scars? Well, once again, I've got to say this. We don't have to punch her in the face. Um, Leachman, you're, you're safe because there's a lot of stars in this film. Let's start it off with Peter Quill himself, and that is, of course, the uh, one and only Chris Pratt. Uh, once again, I'm not going to go through his whole movieography, but you know him. He was in the Jurassic World franchise. He's in the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise. Uh, we just saw him in the startup of the Super Mario franchise, I would have to say, right? So yeah. he's got two movies in the top five guaranteed this week, uh, as well as, you know, you might remember him from the Lego movie, and, of course, we all loved him from Park and recreation is there any other shout outs you would like to give gentlemen to chris pratt no we just went over chris pratt a couple weeks ago it still stands i love me some chris pratt i know he's kind of a polarizing figure right now i'm team pratt oh yeah i mean everwood is where i first saw him so all right now let's uh, let's hopefully i don't botch this i've been practicing in the role of the high evolutionary we have chakwudi awuji I think I got it right. If I'm not, I'm off a little bit. A little, a little, a little off. Was it a little good. wide? A little, but you're good. You're good. You're you better, better, better than I could do it. Okay. So. Ch- Chakwudi Awuji. Chakwudi Awuji. Chakwudi Awuji. There you go. There you I, go. I think I got it right. There you go. You got if it. I got it wrong, I apologize, but I'm pretty sure I've been practicing. And we have seen uh, him in a ton of different things, of course. Most notably, uh, he was uh, on this television show, The Split, but also you've seen him in the movies in John Wick Chapter 2. I know that's what? one of uh, Ron's favorite that movies movie? of all time. Yes. What movie is that? I don't uh, I never when, saw when They See Us, Designated Survivor. I mean, he's done a lot of great things. He was in The Peacemaker show as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, Dude, I'm a big fan. How do you feel about uh, his inclusion in this movie? Anything else you want to shout out, gentlemen? In an all-star cast of this magnitude with Guardians Volume 3, he was the breakout of this film. Yes. He was so good. Uh, Dude, I love him. Cannot wait to see him in more stuff. Really good talent. All right, next up, playing the voice, although if you talk to him playing the actual character of Rocket Raccoon. That, of course, is Bradley Cooper. You know him from American Hustle, American Sniper. Wow, he likes American in his names. Silver Linings Playbook, A Star is Born, and so much more. I'm a big Bradley Cooper fan, and I love him from the Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. franchise. How you guys feel about Bradley Cooper? Great role. He, he's definitely embraced the Rocket role, and this really showcases that. Yes, great guy. And I always mess her name up, but we're going to go with it. Uh, Pam Clementif, who plays Mantis in these movies. Uh, we've seen her a bunch. She was in the American version of Old Boy, by the way. Uh, you've seen her in all the uh, things to do with Guardians, including Avengers Infinity War, Avengers Endgame. Uh, most recently, we also saw her as Mantis in Thor Love and Thunder. Remember that? Yep. And she followed James Gunn over for the Suicide Squad because she was in that as well. Uh, how are you feeling about uh, Pam? Did a great job. I her introduction in uh, volume two was really good, and I really w- love what they done with her character. So, and she's a great actress. Oh yeah, solid all the way around. Are you ready for the guy that we like to always uh, blow? Pretty much no. when we talk about him, that is Big Dave Bautista, and of course he plays Drax the Destroyer again. You know him for the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise. Of course, you also know him from Riddick, 
Blade Runner, uh, one of our favorite weird movies, but favorite movies, Knock at the Cabin, where he did an amazing job. Uh, Glass Onion, where he was in recently. Dude, literally, Dave Bautista's in everything these days. Literally everything. Of course, Dune, he'll be coming up later this year in Dune Part 2, where I hear his role has gotten bigger, obviously, because of how it continues on. My Spy, we could go on and on. Big Dave, any more shout-outs you want to give Big Dave Bautista? Yeah, it's great. Uh, I mean... Again, did you see the tweet that he did for the Drax role? Yes. That was beautiful. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, he really loves playing this character and what it's afforded him to do. Yeah, exactly. I hope he gets a huge role in yeah. DC. Yes. I, I'm, yeah. I'm being serious. I hope he gets a huge role. He should be the new Superman. You know, I've heard even people say he should be the next Lex Luthor, yeah, which would oh, be badass having him you know big, I, big and bald and brooding. I, I take, I'd take that in heartbeat. I, I, you know what? I would be for it too. Next up, we got Karen Gillian, who plays uh, Nebula. And of course, we remember her from all the Avengers movies, plus some others, you know, stuff in the MCU, Guardians of the Galaxy. You you name it, she's been there. We've we've had her along the, the, the long yeah, list, yeah, pretty yeah. much. The mainstay of the Marvel Cinematic yeah. Universe at this point. Most notably... Uh, uh, we had uh, not another uh, happy ending uh, and also selfie uh, that she's been in recently. I think she's a great actress and I yeah, really love yeah. what she's done with the Nebula character over these yeah. movies. Yeah, and that's definitely a character that was in one issue. <laughs> yes. Next up, we have as the voice of Groot, the man, the myth, the legend, Vin Diesel. Of course, you know Vin Diesel from what, Diesel? Knock around, guys. Yes. I refuse to say it. (laughs) Fast and the Furious uh, franchise. Also, Triple X franchise. Dude, uh, Man Apart is one of my favorite movies of all time. I don't give a fuck. I know it's not the greatest movie. It doesn't matter. It's still fun. He was fine in Bloodshot, even. Uh, Dude, what has Vin Diesel not done? And we know when Vin Diesel's on screen, it's all about family. (laughs) That's right, Diesel. It's all about family. By the way, I do want to give a shout out. Austin uh, Freeman plays the uh, is on set group so yep, when you yep. have the stand-in we got to give him a shout out he doesn't he hasn't but he just i think that somebody behind the scenes like that does need a fucking shout out because we we take for granted how important he truly is you know what i mean because if not we wouldn't have a stand-in yeah it's like oh what's his face for king shark and the suicide squad it's the it's the bigger dude that was the tech guy yeah i forget yeah. his name he the same thing so uh, I want to give one more shout out because we're not going to go in depth on like the entire. I mean, we can give some more shouts to some of the cameos later on because I don't want to. Sp- There's some cameos that you don't really want to spoil, yeah. but I do want to give one shout out to uh, the legendary uh, brother of James Gunn. That is Sean Gunn. We all love me some, some Sean Gunn. Uh, he's back playing uh, Craglin. Uh, he's been in all the suicide or been all the Guardians of the Galaxy. He was in the Suicide Squad as Weasel, yep. one of my favorite characters. I wish he would have reprised that role here. By the way, fun note: he was also the voice of. Of Little Rocket in this movie. Sean oh, no, Gunn shit. was. That's so awesome. that wasn't Bradley Cooper. <laughs> yep. It was Sean Gunn that was uh, there as well. Yeah. <laughs> and Sean Gunn has done a ton of stuff. He's written films. He's yeah. directed films. I mean, I'm a big fan. I, th- I like his acting. I'd like him. Actually, the Gunn brothers are great. Yeah. Let's, let's just be honest. Uh, so that's as much as the shout outs we're going to give. Because like I said, there is some cameos. I don't want to ruin it because it's part of the movie. Uh, we'll talk about it during the spoiler full review. Let's dive into our thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, or thumbs down recommendation. Gentlemen, of course, give a spoiler-free why. Starting with Ron, what is your recommendation for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3? 
Uh, it's definitely a thumbs up if you're fans of Guardians that James Gunn has created uh, a bunch of no-name characters from Marvel, like it or not. Nobody read Guardians of the Galaxy in the 90s, and it wasn't even this version of Guardians of the Galaxy. No, Nobody remembered Star-Lord. Let, let's face it. I'm just calling it how it is. If you're a fan of these movies and the characters that have been portrayed on the screen, this is definitely a thumbs up. It's a solid, it's a nice closing to the Guardians franchise, so it is definitely bookend. It is James Gunn's, like it or not, Star Wars trilogy. This is what Guardians ended up being. Like it or not, it it's, it follows the Star Wars yeah, motif all the way around. Like it, it just how it is so definitely thumbs up go see it by the way before you go I just want to point out Zoe Saldana was in this movie as well as Gamora I don't know why she was literally 20 people down on the IMDB credit list because I'm she's dead in, like, serious. Twenty-seven other things, too. Right, right. But uh, of course, no, you know no, her no. from uh, the Guardians movies, yeah. uh, the, the Avengers movies. Also, you know her from Avatar. <laughs> uh, Diesel loves it, and of course, she was in the Star Trek movies, the yes. newer ones. So, yeah. so Daniel does a great job. Amsterdam. Oh yeah, she was in Amsterdam as well. <laughs> yeah, she's in so I didn't want to not give up. I'm sorry. Somebody might have been yelling at the radio. Zoe Saldana was in the movie. <laughs> she was, but for some reason, because like I said, I didn't have time to write the notes. That's how last minute we had to do this. Because, uh, but still. 20 things down the list. I don't think she deserves to be 20 down the list. No, 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 no. no. So, once you get to the spoiler-filled version of this show, you'll see why we did not include her. (laughs) Because (laughs) our Gamora is gone. This Gamora is not yet ours yet. Oh, okay. All right. I I like that explanation better. But literally, (laughs) she is like, if you go down the list, there is people in front of her that have, like, very, very small. Like, Judy Greer... Who we love, Judy Greer, yeah. as Warpig, who's in the movie for maybe two minutes. That's right. I Judy Greer was Warpig. <laughs> oh, my God. That spoil, that's amazing. That doesn't spoil anything for people no. who haven't seen the movie. But, yeah, the, the, that character is in the movie for maybe a five total minutes. combined five minutes. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, even like uh, like our, our Michaela Hoover, who plays Floor. Yeah. Floor is in the movie very, you know, we're not going to ruin what yeah. Floor is for those people. but Floor is Floor. Floor is Floor. There you go. Uh, Diesel, now let's go to your recommendation since I had to remember to, to mention Zoe Saldana. Because I'm like, I'm missing somebody. And I'm like, oh, fuck, that's who yeah. I'm missing. Go ahead, Diesel. Uh, definitely recommend this movie. Uh, give it two thumbs up. As a Guardians of the Galaxy, end of the franchise, as we know it, thought they did a wonderful job. My gripes against it, spoiler free, are not with the movie itself. There was a couple things they could have done better in my eyes, but overall it was a good experience. My gripes are with the Marvel Phase 4, and we'll just leave it at that. I'm going to put it this way. I'm also going to give it a thumbs up. I do have some reservations about it as well, but overall it was a super entertaining film. I'm not upset that I saw it. Uh, for a two-and-a-half-hour film, it, for the most part, moved very briskly, which is is, is awesome for a two-and-a-half-hour film. And I enjoyed the, the send-offs. There were some things in this movie that in normal movies I would possibly crucify a little more, but because of what we were getting here, I understood why they were happening. So, therefore, I'm like, okay, we're going to give it a little pass, but we'll talk about that more in the spoiler full review. With that being said, though, we are going to take our break. Because obviously we don't want to ruin anything for anybody who hasn't seen the movie. We'll give you one more for any final spoiler warning. If not, stop it now. Come back. However, during this break, we are going to have the promo for live stream for The Cure coming up uh, very soon. Of course, myself and Ken M doing the 607 podcast slash 607 TWS run will be Friday, May 19th at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we'll be reviewing No Husband. 
And uh, you're not going to want to miss that. It's going to be a lot of fun. On top of that, uh, if you would like to donate, it is open now. For all information, go to livestreamforthecure.com. Also, if you would like to donate, it's livestreamforthecure.com slash donate. And remember, if you donate $20 and send me the screenshot of the confirmation that you donated the 20 bucks, along with your name, address, and shirt size, we will send you the very special 607TWS, the only pro wrestling podcast that is always no hoes barred t-shirt uh, it's going to be pretty awesome i'm going to get the uh graphic up this week for it but we are going to, that is not going to be sold in the t public store that's not going to be sold any other time this is the one and only time and it is to support charity once again like i said before if for whatever reason you don't want to donate the money right to the charity if you give it to us we will pass it on to them but i would prefer if you just go to livestreamforthecure.com slash donate and donate that the links are in the description for this uh podcast amongst our social medias and everything else so make sure you're pumping that out and uh yeah so hear more about live stream for the cure and when we come back we are going to dive in to the full spoiler review of guardians of the galaxy volume three together we can make a difference that's been the sign off for everything live stream for the cure related ever since the event began back in 2017 hello everyone my name is nick and i am the host of the live stream for the cure an annual charity event to raise money for the Cancer Research Institute for immunotherapy research for a world immune to cancer. And over the past six years, we've made that difference together. Amazing listeners, amazing viewers, amazing podcast partners and content creators all coming together and we've raised over $70,000. But this year, we're going to make our biggest difference to date and we're going to raise $25,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. Tune into the event at twitch.tv slash livestream for the cure starting May 18th as we're joined again by podcast partners and content creators from around the world to help the Cancer Research Institute crush cancer. Together, we will make a difference. Come and get your love, come and get your love, come and get your love now. Come and get your love, come and get your love, come and get your love now. That's right, we are back for the second half of the 3FN Movie Club. And let's be honest, we just figured Real McCoy is in a situation where they're not going to DMCA us. <laughs> uh, come and Get Your Love, that is the remake. That is not in the movie, but as you guys remember, Come and Get Your Love by Redbone is very synonymous with the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise. So uh, we decided to have some fun and play the real McCoy version. That's what they play in the Ravagers spinoff. Ooh, Ooh. yeah, that's true. Very true. I like it. Uh, but uh, let's gonna, we're going to dive into the full spoiler review. Before we do that, we're going to give you one final warning. The warning is this. If you have not seen Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and you do not want the movie spoiled, this is your time to stop the podcast Go see the movie. Come back and listen to what we have to say after. If you've already seen the movie or don't care if it gets spoiled, this is your time to find out what we truly and fully think of the movie because we are going to enter the spoiler zone right about... (laughs) 
now. And of course, you know what? This is going to be a long review anyway, so I don't really want to go through scene for scene of the movie. Mm. I just kind of want to go over our likes and dislikes of the movie. I'm sure we're going to talk about scenes fully anyways. Uh, I want to start with you, Derek. What is, let's start with the positives. What were some of your likes about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3? All right. I really dug most of the action scenes. The movie starts out pretty hot once. Well, dislike really quick. I didn't like the Radiohead open. I think we got to start off with the open. With the, cre- with the creep? creep yeah, yeah, the weird version of creep. It was just like, we went from come and get your love from the first one to uh, uh, looking glass, Brandy, yeah. you're a fine girl, to Tom York seeing creep. And it was just like, it felt really out of place. Granted, it felt with the theme of the open of the movie. Everyone's kind of down and all that shit, but it just seemed like a weird choice to me. Well, it's right from the open. I agree with you there. It was a little downtrodden in the in the beginning because of it. I get what they were going yeah. for. They nailed what they were going for. But I just, I would have liked to see, in the year of the hot open, because that's what we've called 2023, it's really been the hot open, this was one of the slower opens. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not offended by it, because it was, it was good for the movie, but I would have liked to see a little something different. Yeah. That's I'm with you on that. Yeah. But uh, once, once we get into it and we get the introduction of uh, Adam Warlock comes in, great action scene where he's you know fighting off the guardians on the base planet of yep. nowhere now yep um i thought the action scenes were cool we see nebula with that sweet ass like nanotech arm shit yeah. going then we on. later find out rocket made it yeah. was fucking baller yeah. when she puts on their little wingsuit stuff yeah. like the action scenes were fucking phenomenal with blue the beetle before blue beetle comes out i was gonna say now that i actually thought more kestrel Oh, I was true. like, maybe, maybe they're going for like a Kestrel look with Nebula. Uh, I didn't I know. Could, I thought because of the way the yeah, wings were designed. Yeah, I, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. So I, I did did dig, dig, dig all that. Um, the movie starts off. You know, Rocket gets injured, and they find out they can't just use the healing packs on him because he's got a kill switch on his heart that can't save him because he is intellectual property. <laughs> yes. I also want to point this out. I I like how they used him getting shocked. And being in this coma, if you will, yeah. we'll call it a coma, as a way to like explore his past. Yep. So you don't just get the whole expedition dump of the birth of, of Rocket. You don't get this whole giant thing. You get it in pieces. Yeah. And I think that, that throughout the movie, which makes it, to me, I thought that it was really yeah. cool. Because yeah. if we would have gotten the big exposition dump, especially because a lot of it is is very sad, yeah. I think it would have brought the movie down. But it, piecing it out, it made it better, yeah. in my opinion. So we get the entire Rocket origin story from... Getting chosen out of a pen, a pen of raccoons, getting his adjustments done, his tweaks. We get introduced to one of the greatest villains that we've seen in the Marvel Cinematic Universe with the High Evolutionary. High Evolutionary is great. Yeah. Um, so all this stuff I really like. I love the introduction of the new characters. Adam Warlock, uh, well, wasn't needed in the movie, was portrayed beautifully by uh, Will Porter. I was I loved I loved him. I loved the 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 comedy, the fun. He was very entertaining. I just thought that it, like I said, this is not a huge negative on it. I just thought like if you took that character away, we still get the same movie yeah. almost. Yeah. And I'm I'm kind of like, oh, I wish he was more important to the movie, but at the same time, I very much enjoyed his screen time. Yeah. Because him acting like a man child because technically he's a child still yeah. even though he's, you know, a kind of a godlike a perfect force, being. you know what yeah. I mean? Uh, is kind of hilarious. And then we get introduced to the High Evolutionary who was amazingly villainous. So I, I did like the introduction of the two new characters, the two main new characters, and how they did treat the Rocket origin story. 
Absolutely. I, I agree with you there. Uh, adding on to that, I, I enjoyed a lot of the story arc, period. Uh, the movie has a nice flow to it. You know, it basically is a movie about saving your friend. You know, right early on, you know, we have the opening that was a little, little like weird and depressing, but if you follow it with this big action sequence with uh, Adam Warlock, you go from that to your friend is in peril and is going to die unless you can do, uh, find this fucking passcode. And the rest of the movie, you know, you have basically as them getting sidetracked, well, not even sidetracked, it's their journey to get the passcode yeah. there's yeah. really i mean they obviously have you know ad- adversaries in the way and that's good because if it's not it's kind of so simple yeah. so i did enjoy that but it, there's nothing in the movie where they get so off kilter like you know a lot of movies that get trapped in like going on these wild subplots they don't every subplot in the movie is literally to drive them a step closer yeah. to the passcode we're going to go to the uh, bioorganic planet because uh we're going to end up you know doing uh, we, we need the passcode and it's yeah. going to be there. Well, it's not there. Okay, well, no, we saw a guy. Maybe it's that guy. We need to find yeah. that guy. It's going to be there. And then it, it takes them all the way to the high evolutionary's layer, if you will. Yeah. Layer in his quote-unquote perfect planet that's not so perfect. I, I just think it was wild. Yeah. Uh, I also want to say I like this and I want to get, before I send it back to you or Ron, whoever wants to do the next, like I liked how his perfect society was based upon pretty much like 1950s and 1960s U.S. Yeah. And he says so much. Yeah. But just like the U.S., you see the decline over time. And I thought that that was very interesting, and I liked the fact that it was a message in a movie. It wasn't in your face, yeah, but the message was there, and you could definitely recognize it. Yeah. So good job on James Gunn for uh, putting that through there. Uh, like for you, Ronald. Uh, it, it, it is shot beautifully. I, I do think it was, you know, the way the everything, the colors, like when you first see the trailer, uh, you see them in their spacesuits, and they're all different colors and all that stuff, and like, you don't realize how like strong that is at the time until you see it on the big screen yeah like how potent the colors are like and bouncing off everything and it's very it's so it is shot very beautifully and it's it's one of those it's like i said before it's it's guns star wars trilogy that's basically what this is a space opera and it's what he's done with it and pushed these characters that we didn't know before so it's it's a solid thing when it's shot and it looks as good as it does and it just gives you that like okay this is what we're watching oh absolutely i, I think that was very good any more likes diesel yeah the, the storyline itself you know going to save rocket uh kind of sucked because you know rocket is one of the mainstays of the guardians movie so doing a guardians movie essentially with rocket in a hospital bed waiting to get saved kind of sucked but seeing his backstory was cool um again the action beats were really good um the comedy beats were really good um Without going into the negatives, they did a lot of stuff right. Right. Absolutely. You know what? They also did a great job of introducing some some, some new things, in particular Cosmo. Yeah. I yeah. thought the Cosmo character was <laughs> great. I liked how they played up the bad dog situation. Yeah. Yeah. I, I uh, Somebody was like, they sh- I, I do believe it was you that said that they should have done the good dog thing, save it to the end. But I also like the fact that there's this all-knowing dog with telekinesis that is like, at one point, even explaining that the Russians sent me into space and they just strapped me up to something and I was by myself for years <laughs> and it was not even as hurtful as being called a bad dog. <laughs> take it back. <laughs> I will not take it back. You are you're still would you just take it back (laughs) everybody's begging over that no she is in fact a bad dog (laughs) and it's just it's so funny that like like even though this this being it's a dog is like all knowing and telekinetic it's bothered by the fact that it's a bad dog so at the end of the day it's still a dog i thought they did a great job with cosmo that was was fun the craglin cosmo subplot was 
great. By the way, we're all fans. Uh, there was, of course, a Howard the Duck cameo in that yes. scene as well. And so I'm always excited for Howard the Duck. I do need to report for a dislike before we get the dislikes. No beta rate bill. I'm upset about that. <laughs> I am upset about no beta rate bill. But uh, uh, can, Ron, you got another like for the movie. Uh, the over, like you said, it's it's two and a half hours, but it does pace very well. So it, that doesn't didn't kill it for me, which I was worried about going into this movie, going like, oh shit, <laughs> here we go, two and a half hour, another freaking long ass Marvel movie, and if it's not paced right, it's not gonna do anything. Thought it was fine. No. It, 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 there is a little couple spots that it just goes, eh, but like the other pluses, like the trailer. Only, it was like everything you saw in the trailer was out in the first like forty five yeah, minutes. Like like the first half, like the first forty five minutes, you you see everything that was in those trailers pretty much. And maybe one little pop a little bit later, but because I, I was watching, I'm like, all right, that's a like, check be- that off, check yeah, that yeah. off. Like the beginning of the movie is most of the trailer, yeah. and then a couple things later, it hits at like forty five to fifty minute mark, and you're just like, all right, so that's and I, I liked how that was because it was like, okay, we got what was in the trailer, now we're into the movie that we want to see. Yeah, there's a couple little things here and there later on, but it's just like, okay, and then it, the ending of the movie, I don't think there was anything past you know the, the for, last forty five minutes of that movie that was in. in the oh trailer. yeah, no. Like I, I think it's almost the last hour of that movie. There was nothing in the trailer. So like it's like here we go. This is this is everything new, and I and I appreciated that and thought that was really done well in the editing room with all the trailer stuff. By the way, I do want to give a shout out. Maria Bakalova played uh, Cosmo. She was the voice of Cosmo. Of course, we remember her for me and Ron both enjoyed Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Oh, she was the body, lead. Body. She was the lead in Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Oh, Such a good movie. The, she was the head girlfriend, if you will. Yes, B. nice. And then Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. And she was also in Borat, the new, the, the latest Borat film. Oh Jesus! She played was, uh, one of the characters in that as well. Yeah. So like she's she's making uh, she's making her rounds. Yeah. Very good. I liked I loved her in this movie. Like her the, the voice acting yeah. was great. Like let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, that, that's another thing I'm going to say. I liked I liked all the jokes. I know you brought that up a little bit, but there was no jokes that felt forced in this movie. No. Yeah, I thought that they once again, you know, James Gunn has a is an amazing comedic writer, and I understand it's not all comedy. He does a good job yeah. at writing, you know, drama and everything else in. But his comedic writing and comedic timing, I don't think we've ever had a problem with that in Guardians movies. No. I don't think we've ever had a problem with it in any of his other movies he's done. He's, no. He always seems to be able to not force the actual uh, humor. When it's forced, it's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. We all can agree on yeah. that. When it's forced, it's terrible. When it's not forced, it's it's amazing. And I think we had a lot of great organic, I know it's in the script, but we'll call them organic yeah. uh, funny parts in this movie. Any other likes from either of your gentlemen? Yep. Go ahead, Diesel. So for the majority of the characters, we got great storyline arcs throughout the yes. entire franchise. So you know, going into the High Evolutionary's plan, once... The lair escapes the planet after he realizes his counter-Earth is flawed. He's just going to raise it, so they escape. So they got to get back onto the, the onto this giant ship that's escaping this planet, and they run into all these children. And we get this great storyline with Drax and Nebula and uh, Mantis. Nebula, I didn't like what they did with Nebula because they kind of made her back to a raging bitch in this movie. But we get these children there who nobody knows what language they're speaking. They're just like, nub nub, jump jump. Jump jump. And um, Mantis is like, I don't, I can't understand them. This is not not any of our translators. And then we have this big blow up with Drax being stupid. You, You see that he's actually hurt, but luckily Mantis is there to make him forget. But then all of a sudden, Drax just starts communicating with these children. Yeah. And... Why didn't you tell us you, you, you could talk their language? You never asked. You thought, you know, thought it was dumb. Yeah. 
So you get this great storyline, and then at the end, once they save these children, Nebula has that about face turn and just, you weren't meant to be Drax the Destroyer. You're Drax the Dad. You're meant to be the father. It was like, holy yeah. shit, that one hit in the field. Oh, yeah. yeah. I thought that was yeah. a very good uh, growth for Drax. And then yeah. watching Groot's transition from the first movie is like kind of like an older Groot to baby Groot yeah. to now Groot in his like fucking prime. <laughs> Groot was jacked. The oh, Groot yeah. action scenes were fucking baller. It was Groot Hulk. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. No Kaiju Groot. Yeah. <laughs> I love when he goes Kaiju Groot on the planet. It's fucking great. Yeah. Kaiju so, Groot. And he just. Rah! He just died getting it. No, no. Yep. And then, you know, you know, we get the rocket origin, which rocket has a very tragic origin. We, we get into, you know, him, you know, being adjusted, meeting others like him, becoming friends, learning the value of friendship, and then seeing what happens when he tries to escape with his friends and things go horribly wrong. You see where his connections were when it's like in the first few movies, like he doesn't, quite grasp onto everyone right away because he's been hurt. He's been hurt bad. Yeah, absolutely. So just watching all these different arcs finally come to a conclusion was really well done on the majority of them. Well, yeah, I I like to say it's going into the closing of the movie, that is. I really enjoyed the storyline payoffs for a lot of people. The Drax one was definitely, I think, the most developed, if you will. I mean, earlier in the movie, we get the line about how he doesn't dance. But at the end of the movie, he dances with the kids, which proving once again, he does the things for the children. I mean, he went over the kids before he speaks their language. He does. He's like he impersonates a monkey, even though it's more of a robot. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, that doesn't look. But the kids are entertained and the kids are laughing and the kids are mimicking. And then he speaks to them and they're they're like, "Wait, wait a minute. He's like. Well, you thought I didn't? You yeah. Thought I was dumb? I knew. I know what they're. they're I know their language, and so he can communicate with them. Yeah. And basically tells them, you know, they're 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 saying that we're friends. Yeah. That's what they want. They want us to be their friends. And so you know, the the kids listen to them, and the kids do what Drax wants yeah, them to stay do. Stay away from the wall yeah. because we're gonna be something's gonna be crashing in <laughs> at some point. And then to escape, and you know, we get the happy ending. We get uh, we get a vicious scene with uh, earlier in the movie when we get to the end of the origin story of Rocket, where Rocket after his friends uh, are all killed, Lila. And then Floors and Teefs, uh, <laughs> Diesel's favorite characters, Floor and Teefs. Uh, after they all get killed, he scratches the shit out of the High Evolutionary's face. And we don't ever get to see the face, which is smart, because at the end of the movie, it is revealed that he's wearing a mask. Yeah. And the facial damage is, re- is fucking brutal. Because when we first see the High Evolutionary, he's current day High Evolutionary. He's got, like, his face looks weird. It's unattached from his face, and it's, like, being held yeah. together by little pins, like nubs here where it's yeah. clipped to and you're just like oh you're thinking maybe he he's evolved he's yeah, a high evolutionary evolved or did, did his own scientific experiments on himself but in all the flashbacks his face is normal and like midway through you're just like there's something there and i yeah. didn't know what but then when we get the rocket tries to escape they they shoot all his friends he fucks up the high evolutionary's yeah. face so you just see him and he's just scratching away and it it was a pretty cool scene but they hid the reveal very well. Yeah, the reveal was really good. And, and sorry, oh no, I just wondering with at the that at the end of that fight scene with uh, Gamora and stuff, where his piece is just kind of flapping off, where she rips it off. I wonder if that was like accidental, and she just played with it, you know, and just did it that way, and that's what they put in the film because it just seems a little weird that it just kind of came off where it didn't. 
So I, I wonder, just wondering if that's one of those things. No, it, it, was, it was an accident. It was definitely planned. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's definitely planned. But because the reveal was beautiful, yeah. the fucking the, the the prosthetic they put on his face was amazing. Yeah. Uh, so we go on from that. This big fight, of course, you know they win the day there. And you know, honestly, I like the fight. I love the fact that they're loading uh, all the kids onto nowhere, and then all the animals onto nowhere. You know, saving the day. Uh, we're only doing the higher higher intelligent life. Right. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> and you know, Cosmo is trying to keep the telekinetic together. And, you know, we have the whole, you know, drama because at the end, the big drama is that Quill goes back for the iPod that falls out of his pocket. And that causes him to kind of get knocked out. He tries to jump through space and we're, we almost get the same Yandu death. We, we do. We almost get the frozen space. But then Adam Warlock saves the day after a change of heart because they saved Adam and he goes, why? I tried to kill you. And uh, Groot does the I am Groot and Drax translates. It's because everybody deserves a second chance. Yeah. yeah. And so there's the hero arc for Adam Warlock bringing back, you know, Peter to the thing. And then, of course, he's alive. And, you know, you know, we, we all thought he was going to die. So it was kind of cool that they had yeah. the happier ending. And then we get to the real ending. And the real ending of the movie is basically Peter's like... After all of this, I never went back, never saw my grandfather and my family. I'm going to take time away from the Guardians. I'm leaving the Guardians. I'm not saying I'm not coming back. I'm just leaving because I need to, to take care of that business. And then you have Nebula. Or Mantis also says that I've never lived outside of anybody else. So I need to find out who I am. So she's leaving the Guardians. You want me to go with you? Says Drax. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and basically, that's where we get. Nebula says she's leaving in the process. And basically, Nebula goes, no, you have to stay. And she goes, they're like, oh, what are you going to be the leader of the Guardians now? And she goes, no, I'm going to be the leader of, of nowhere. I need to, there's a lot of people that need my help, but I understand that that's my duty. And Drax, I need you. And that's where she gives them yeah. the, because you're not Drax to destroy, you're Drax the dad. And I need you to help these kids. And that's what you're here for. And, and Drax is very happy now yeah. to do that. His motivation through the entire movie was losing his wife and daughter. And so seeing him gain all these children was really Yeah, that awkward. was really nice. And then, of course, we get rocket and we get to rocket and rocket's going to be the new leader of the guardians of the galaxy because we still need the guardians and we need the captain so you are the captain you are the captain now they all pledge their allegiance to the new captain to, to rocket and which uh, made no sense because rocket was the captain the entire time <laughs> pretty, pretty much but you know what i mean it's, it was kind of yeah. nice to see that so we come full circle and then we get what to me is when uh, you know i'm not gonna say this is just like this was end up like but in most movies i would crucify the end dance scene if you will this party atmosphere but in this case, it works, and the reason why is because it's twofold. A, this is possibly the last Garden Storm. I'm not saying they won't go back to the well later on. Maybe James Gunn comes back, DC fails, whatever, and they could come back. Or, you know, I'm not saying we're seeing the last of the Guardians of the Galaxy, because we'll talk about that in a minute with the post-scene credits. We're, I don't think we're seeing the end of it, but for right now, it's the end, and it's not just the end for the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. It's the end of James Gunn with Marvel for now, and I thought that this party scene at the end was actually kind of a nod to the fans and says, "Hey, we've had this amazing ride. Let's celebrate. Let's not be sad about it." I thought that was really cool. Yeah, which goes into what we were talking about earlier before the podcast today too. Uh, Gamora throughout the story is like, "You guys are just making up what you hear Groot say, right?" Like, because all of Groot yeah. says is, "I am Groot." Well, at the end of the movie is like, "I love you guys," and it, it kind of took me out because it's definitely Vin Diesel's voice in pure form. Yeah. But it was confirmed by James Gunn on Twitter, too. Groot actually says, I am Groot. We, as the viewers, have spent enough time with him where we now understand him. And I thought that was beautiful. Ah, uh, I uh, get so it. That, 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 so that's I heard the, that. I was like, that's cool. Yeah, nice. I didn't hear that. So yeah. the little tuck in there was the fact that we've now heard Groot because 
we can now understand him. Yeah. Yeah. Just like right before it, it makes sense because right before that, Gamora finally understands Groot. Groot comes out and says, I am Groot to her. And she starts answering him back yeah. and yeah. then realizes, looking at him, realizes that now she understands yeah. Groot. And then, you know, we get that. So I thought that was very good. Nice. I love that part of it. And then we get to the two bonus scenes. Uh, so the two bonus scenes, the first one is the one that's, in my opinion, was setting up more for stuff in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Well, before we get there, we get Quill going back to his grandfather's house and we find out his grandfather's still alive and they have an emotional moment it's fine so we get to the first one and the first one is the new guardians of the galaxy which is uh i might leave some people out we have the one little girl we have rocket we have Groot, we have cosmo we have and we have adam warlock and craiglin and craiglin sorry i almost forgot craiglin but we have them and they're at this planet and they're waiting to save these people on this planet and before then they discussed their favorite music and the little girl wins me over. She's like, Britney Spears in corn. I really like corn. <laughs> and they're going around saying, and that's where uh, Come and Get Your Love comes and yeah. plays in, which is really kind of cool. And then, of course, when they save the people uh, from these wild animals, you know, that's what we do. And we get the ending there. Need to rewind. We're going to go to a minor negative now with okay. this. Well, well, we're going to get to this like a bit, but go with, ahead. With this scene in particular. So we just have Rocket's origin story. We see what happens. Once we get to the resolution of that, we're not just stopping at the higher evolved lifeforms. We're getting these animals because we've seen what they've gone through. But they're killing the animals. So for their first mission that we see as the viewer to be them like killing a pack of like rampaging, not rampaging, but like stampeding beasts going through this town kind of felt weird. To well, me. he does say that he has to protect the people. That's their job. He does make that comment, but it is what it is. Yeah. So the second, the second one, the second bonus scene was the the I guess the more important, according to the screen wise, it was at the end, and it was Quill sitting there with his grandfather eating a bowl of cereal, <laughs> and he's talking about how he had to go mow the lawn of his grandfather's wife yeah. and his son, his son's lawn. Sorry, and he's like, he's a forty five year old man. He's he's able potty. He should be able to do it himself. Yeah. And the grandfather goes, "Don't get me started." And he goes. Well, now that you said that, I want to know the story. And then, of course, right after we get Peter Quill will return as, as the legendary Star Wars. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm assuming a TV show of some sort on Disney Plus. I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, I just thought that was interesting. I, I, I do think we'll see the Guardians, the new version of the Guardians, come into the ensemble films. Yeah. I don't know if we'll get a full movie again in, for a little while, but I think we'll see that new team come into the ensemble films when they need saving, if you will. Yeah. Uh, so that is all the positives, giving you the bonuses in the ends. Let's talk about the negatives. And you know what? I'm going to talk about a negative with the two characters first. Actually, no. I want to go to Diesel first. Diesel had had the. Let's go with the overall MCU one that you want to talk about. Let's go start with that, and then we'll go about a couple of different things all from right. the movie. All right. So again, I I enjoyed Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. I thought it was a great send off to the trilogy. This entirety of Phase 4, though, has no connections, and I don't think it's not something that... Well, we just don't see the connections yet. Phase 4 is just a hodgepodge of random movies that do not fit together to tell a narrative. And that was Marvel's best thing that they had going for them, was you have all these individual movies, but they're progressing a main storyline yeah. forward. Phase 4 is failing miserably at this. Yeah, there's, there's no overall ending they lie to you that there is but yeah. there's not yeah. i mean there's only like like because you could go well you know spider-man 
uh, they're you know far from home is they get they have the multiverse coming in then you have you know Doctor Strange the multiverse of madness that continues the multiverse but that really is not tying in too much to Kang anyways it's no. tying into their own things yeah. because it was tying into forgetting about Peter Parker so we can continue this franchise it's you know it's, 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 com- it's coming into whatever it is that Doctor Strange is going to do in the final movie Thor Love and Thunder had nothing to do with anything in the new movies yeah. and then you have you know Ant-Man and the Wasp it does but they defeated the big bad by the end of that film technically I don't I understand it's a variant but that's just your cop out reason so it's kind of interesting because it's not like we saw Thanos lose previous yeah. to you know him showing yeah. up in Infinity War we we really didn't well yeah. I mean he showed up before in the extra scenes but we never saw him lose yeah. but we've seen Kang lose so that makes you feel like Kang is lesser any fucking way yeah. I will say this and we talked about this before I think though talking about all these movies I think it's I'm agreeing with you. I think the MCU no longer has that focus there for whatever reason. But I will say this is the best run of villains we've had. Like actual villains. Because the High Evolutionary, probably the most hated villain. I love Gore the God Butcher. I thought that that was handled very, very well. Uh, And then you have, you know, obviously, you know, Kang was good. I like Jonathan Majors playing him. I didn't like how it ended, but I liked the, you know, the actual playing of him. You know, we had some really good stuff in these movies. Badass Wanda was fucking amazing. You know, Scarlet Witch in in, in bad form was really, really good. So we've had these great villains. Of course, bringing back William Dafoe as fucking... Bringing back iconic Spider-Man villains. So I thought that that was really, really... We've had this really good run. I will say this. High Evolutionary is the first in this run, though, where there is no salvaging the character. No. Like and I I love that. This was a pure villain. This is like governor from the walking dead yes. levels of villain. Yeah. There is nothing that you love or fucking root for. Like Gore the God Butcher at the end of the day. You, you know his motivation. You know you his motivation. Yeah. You might know he's doing like he's gone a little extreme, but by the end they wrap it back around that he was actually just a good person who got lost. With William Defoe is, is once yeah. again doing the Green Goblin. By the end, you feel bad that he just yeah. lost his way, that the madness took over yeah. again. So you feel bad for him. So there's a little redemption there. Like all these characters, there's a fucking redemption for, except for, except for uh, the High Evolutionary, yeah. just straight heel. And he flat out says it. There is no God, which we know is a lie. Because I am no. Uh, because I am. Uh, because there is no God. I, I am s- the God. Or I, I stepped in. I, I stepped, stepped in. in. That's what it was. And that which his crew is like, oh fuck. He even got his crew hating him where <laughs> they mutiny on him and it doesn't matter <laughs> and i was gonna say we've seen tons of gods yeah, yeah. We, so, we're, we're privy to that <laughs> in, the, in the universe yeah there is no god so i stepped in and you're just like mm, we just saw a lot of dead gods now <laughs> i mean you mean gore gore the god butcher <laughs> it's in the name he butchers gods that's what he does <laughs> Oh, uh, but yeah, he was such a great, hateable oh, villain yeah. in this. You know what would have been funny? If he comes back and it's Gore doing the face turn and murders him off. Oh, you want to be a god? <laughs> <laughs> Introduce myself. My name is Gore. Gore, the god butcher. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I think that, I, I, I did like Christian Bale in that role, by the yeah, way. Yeah. Uh, so going back, like uh, going with you, now let's, uh, I'm going to go into some where I think some of this comes from is for some reason to fit a story now instead of going in order and growing we're doing this weird revert shit so i'll start with the easier one to me which was gamora i get it it's not the same gamora it's the you know back in time brought back it's not the same gamora she didn't live the same timeline but throughout this movie we see gamora soften into maybe not in love with peter but kind of 
possibly getting there. But at the same time, we see her soften to the point where she's liking being in the family that is the Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy by the end. But then she yeah. just leaves and then they go to the Ravager ship and it's like they're a big family, which yeah. is weird because the Ravagers don't act like that. Yeah. So it was it yeah, was kind of right. strange to me that that was the case. And the one that I was more offended, and I know you're going to really want to talk, and this is Nebula. We have spent movies where Nebula was the villain technically then she became like oh man i should be on the other side but still kind of pining for the love of her father to then fuck my dad because he's a piece of shit and all this time being very bitchy to growing into this superhero who isn't soft she's still a warrior but she is like she's softer to the people around her she's a member of our family we start this movie and she's basically reverted three steps back for some reason to only end where we were before so i don't understand why we couldn't just have the nebula that we have. I mean, we see her taking care of Peter in the beginning, but she's complaining about it. Yeah. Like, that doesn't fit what the new Nebula would do that yeah. we've had before this movie. The new Nebula would just, out of duty, take care of Peter when he's drunk or whatever member. And, you know, yes, she's a leader. Yes, she has her own opinions. And her, the funny parts about her, just like Drax, is her sense of humor is based upon not actually being in on the joke, taking things a little too yeah. literally, if you will. Yeah. And you can still do all that, but they made her back to like, the bitchy kind of mean Nebula when I don't think they had to. Yeah, what they did to the Nebula was a huge disservice. I think uh played great, but the writing on that character was just weird. We've already seen her soften up and become likable. We've seen her become a hero. To have her have a blow-up where, you know, the infighting between her, Mantis, and Drax was just felt out of place and was like, no, she, she has become the leader of the Guardians, especially through... You know, Quill losing the love of yeah. his life, even that being Nebula's sister, where she was the strong one. She was the backbone. And then all of a sudden she was just like acting like a petulant child who just didn't get her way. And it was like, that doesn't make sense for this character right. through the arc that we've seen her through 17 different movies at this point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. I, I just think that was wild. Uh, more dislikes. I've gone around now. Just any uh, dislikes? The, so overall, like it is a two and a half hour movie, so you got to put put in your time. Like I, I know is it, it moves along, but like the rewatch it, like maybe once, like it's not the greatest out of the three. I don't think of the Guardians movies, so I'm I'll gonna, break it down right now. It's number two for me. Oh yeah, I, yeah. like I, yeah, I get it. Um, and it's some 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 of the things that it's just like like the Nebula thing is something that kind of took me a little bit out of the movie because it's just like we saw her grow one way. And understand her arc, and then all of a sudden it's just, it's a, it's, it's the comic book cliche. One minute the character's acting this way, you know, six months down the line they revert it back. Yeah. And it's just like you don't need to do that. Like you, you don't need to do that with this character. This character was fine. I get the ending that they went with, and I get why she did it. You know, fine, whatever. Um, other, you know, there's a couple other dislikes where it's just like, like we said, the Adam Warlock character felt a little kind of like, hey, we introduced him in this post-credit scene we need to put him in this movie because james gunn is going to dc so i think it was kind of like a forced thing there's no reason really for him in the movie other than just to to pull off and save quill like it's like we said we could you'd have that movie without him and yeah you'd have the same movie by the way, as I always do, uh, we we do record in a live uh, uh, game shop, and uh, the doors have opened. So if you do hear anything in the background, that is uh, the loud, I do believe, Warhammer players. So uh, excuse that, but uh, it's okay. It's okay. You can hear us better because we have the microphones. <laughs> oh. But I always like to give that forewarning. Any more dislikes you have for this diesel? All right. So let's get to the, the main one for me. 
So we in the flashbacks we we get Rocket post you know operations and he he gets thrown into a pen and they're all like cordoned off. You got the bunny that's got mechanized arms and a covered up mouth but yet can still talk. We got the otter with mechanized arms. We got the walrus that's sitting on a wheelchair. All right, cool. Tusk too. So you see their friendship. You see, you know. Lila takes Lila takes care of him when he's scared when he first gets in there when he first starts talking and hurts hurts cool you they went a little too hard and in my head they're like oh you know what's gonna happen because we've never seen these guys ever yeah. again these guys are gonna die they're gonna try to make this the the gut wrenching heart you know tears moment they played off floor who's the bunny because. Floor was lying on the floor when they were coming up with their names, and the walrus was like, "I have big teeth. I shall be called Teeth." No, it's Teefs. Teefs. T e e f s. I know we all have Teefs, but because mine are more prominent, I should be called Teefs. Yeah. <laughs> Lila, it was the otter, and she was cool. She was like, "The all right, are we going to have some like raccoon on otter sex scene at some point? Maybe." There was kind of like a love there. But she was like kind of like the nurturing one of the group. And then you got Rocket, who's just like, I'm going to fly rockets, and we're going to fly into the great forever. So Rocket's got his little technological genius, which is a whole catalyst for this whole movie. He tries to escape. He opens up the pens, and all of a sudden, he turns around, and Floor's dead, and Tease is dead. I didn't care. It was supposed to be like rip out tears, and it was like, good, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't the big emotional draw. This no. movie wasn't as emotionally charged as the ones no. in the past. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess that's a good slash bad thing because they were going for it, so that's why it's a bad thing. It's a good thing because I was just happy that I, for once in a Marvel movie directed by James Gunn, I wasn't crying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I saw all the moments where you were supposed to feel emotions. Right. And I just, it's sort of like for me, and I know I'm the outsider on this one, in Guardians 2 with uh, Mary Poppins, y'all, I didn't give a fuck. See, I did, but I told you, I think yeah. it's, a, it's a different situation yeah. in life. When you're when you're a parent, you like, like that was what it was. It was like the father thing. Yeah. And I'm a, you know, I, I'm a stepdad, so I, it's kind of like you're not the, you know, I get it. In the first movie, did you try to eat him? No. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, so the first movie, I, I, I felt the We Are group moment. The second one, I saw what they were doing. It just didn't land for me with the Mary Poppins y'all. This one, there was like three or four times where they try it, and every time it's like, nope. 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 And I just got annoyed because I, like, I know what you're doing, and it's not working. <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I, I understand why the second one's emotions. Unlike you, you heartless person. <laughs> but anyways, uh, I will say that it, it felt. The only part that was really emotional is the moment where we think the rockets died. Because they get back, it doesn't look like it's working fast enough. And I wasn't, I wasn't tearing, but I was like, "Oh, if if he ends up dying here, this is kind of sad." Because you have the moment where you got to give Chris Pratt his acting is pretty good there, where he's where he's acting frantically like anybody oh, would if their friend was dying, and screaming and not giving up. Like I'm going to, I don't care, knock this thing off, fucking give him chest comp- whatever I have to do. If Rocket dies in that moment, though, and we are two hours into this movie, like. 
Motherfucker. So that was all for naught? Really? Yeah. <laughs> I would be pissed. I, I, I get you there, but I'm just saying I that that to me was the most emotional part. Just because of the acting. Not I didn't tear yeah. up, I didn't cry, but then you're like, oh shit, he might be dead. Because they do do a good yeah. job yeah. of showing you that he might be dead. It's also the cool scene because that's where we see Gamora have her turn like right before that when she gets him off the ship when they're trying to steal him uh, War Pig in particular is trying yeah. to steal him uh, and protects Rocket you start to see that she has more feelings than what she yeah. was saying before and also there at the end she's there grabs that med pack quick after the passcode goes through and brings him back yeah. so I thought that that was very yeah, and it very was a, telling it was a cool moment because he was like can I come with you guys because they're you know they're flying off they the pulled the room. clerks three by the way oh yeah that was the clerks three <laughs> yeah. moment that's why I was almost like these motherfuckers are gonna die because James Gunn's <laughs> friends with Kevin Smith and he's like we're gonna throw some clerks three in here I'm like son of a bitch they're going off to the big the big blue sky god damn it but and she's like yes you can come with us but not now it's not your time and you're just like all right cool that was a cool moment but again didn't hit where it was supposed to no hit. no i don't think it was as emotionally charged but and i think that was the most emotional even though i think the other parts were supposed to be more emotional i think that was the most yeah, emotional. That, that was the bigger the biggest one tearjerker if you will yeah. and then uh for me was your drex the dead that yeah, one that was almost got me too, and I was like, "Nope, we're almost there." But no, we're I not. was I was more happy about that. That made me that that was more of a sense of happiness than uh, uh, sad. I do think that, that they did elicit anger very well in this movie because the High Evolutionary, you were angry. Yeah. He was a real heel, yeah. especially you didn't even get to see the tape of what they did to Rocky. You just got to see some peripheral, but you saw from the actions of like how Quill acts right after, and like when they go in there, and he's like, "I don't. I've seen the tape of what you did to my best friend, and I'm and and there's Second no best well, that's like." Later on the Traxes, but when they're in the <laughs> thing, well, Drax is in there. It's just him and Groot, yeah, yeah. and he's like, "I've seen what you did to my best friend, and I have no patience yeah. for you." Like he's very like yeah. it's a different Quill. Quill's usually not. We've only seen him this angry, but once before, and that was with Thanos <laughs> because of the Gamora situation, <laughs> which then he caused humanity to go fucking bye bye because he's he's a little too yeah. <laughs> invested angry wise. So we understand what happens when Peter Quill gets mad. <laughs> and then another, it, it's not a dislike. It's I just think they could have done something better. I think they could have done something to move the phases along is we learned that rocket has this innate gift inside of him and the high evolutionary doesn't understand. That's why he needs his IP back. I think that was a perfect line to drop a mutation. Oh, true. Rocket has like technological kinesis. Like he's just like, yeah, he understands technology in a way. Forge. Yeah. Yes, yeah. he, he's for, he's a rocket forge. Yeah, he's a raccoon forge. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I could have been perfect, and I think that would have been a way where it's just like, all right, it's moving the phases along at least because we know we're getting mutants at some point, so it just gets us a step closer to that, I, and I, it I, understands why the high evolutionary can't understand why rocket knows what he knows. I, I, I could see that that would have been actually perfect with this whole situation, especially with the fact that we wouldn't have seen his mutation take form if he just stayed on earth as a raccoon yeah yeah i agree i i like i said though i can't mark it off for that because i do like your theory but it's no. it's anyway i won't mark it off for that but it would have been no. a cooler explanation absolutely any other dislikes ron no. before we move I think, along i think we hit them all. Yeah. yeah you hit them all like it's solid i mean the ones that we hit I yeah know. i think that i think that there wasn't a ton yeah. there was just some things and most of it was preferential i yeah. mean i will be honest and say that but i definitely think they were there well before we can give our scores, we need to find out what the scores from around the internet was. And the way we do that is by playing the game. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. 
Well, it is time to play the game, and Ron squeaked another victory out this past time, so he's still your champion. The game is played simply. It is prices right rules. That means it is closest to the number without going over gets the point. The first of three points wins. Of course, the only caveat to that is for the final question, if needed, the tiebreaker can be worth two points to get to the three points, and it also is closest to the number. It doesn't matter if you go over because we don't do ties. So with that being said, let's play the game. You gentlemen ready? Let's go. All right, Diesel, you get to go first since Ron is the champion. IMDb, using points out of 10, what did they give Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3? I am Diesel.5. We are going to go with a 8.2. 8.2 for Diesel, rather high. Ron, what are you giving Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3? Oh, 8.2, 8.3. Whoa, he went to go higher than you. He went higher than you. Well, you know what? Unfortunately, Diesel, Ron gets the point. It was 8.4 out of 10. (laughs) All right, Ron, you get to go next. Metacritic out of 100%. What did they give? Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Metacritic, uh, shit, 77. Diesel. Fuck, that's good. I I was actually thinking that exact number. We're going one one above 78. Damn it. You're going one above, so 77, Uh, He's trying for the win. He's doing my strategy here. And... Ooh, we lost it. 65%. 65% on meta Fuck critics. The critics. <laughs> Fuck the critics. All right, Diesel, you get to go next. This is critic score for Rotten Tomatoes. Out of 100%, what did they give Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3? 72. 72. Ron. 73. 73. <laughs> and... Ron gets the point, 81%. So, Ron, you could get the win here because you I'm have cheating. two points to none. Uh, of course, Diesel, you need this to block. Audience score from Rotten Tomatoes. Ron, what did they give Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3? 87. Oh. Do you go above or below? And you remember, this is to keep. You are keeping your life. One dollar, Bob. I think it's <laughs> close. He's going to be closer, obviously. I'm thinking it's right around the 80 mark. Thinking it's right around the 80 mark? Well, we're going to find out because Ron is still your champion. 95%. Wow. 95%. I would have gone with that for Google users. <laughs> yes, 95%. So for funsies, let's talk about those Google users. Diesel, uh, you go first. What did Google users give Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3? 96. Ronald? 85. Diesel would have been closer as 95%. Oh. <laughs> if you're going by that logic. So he would have gotten one, right? But Ron is still your champion as he goes and finishes the finish line. Now that we've given the scores around the internet, though, folks, it is now time for us to finally give this movie our scores. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. So first, we're going to give the nerd score for this film, and then I'll give my critic score for the film right after. So the nerd score is off the nerd scale. It is a recommendation score where we take our critic score and mix it with an entertainment score to give you the recommendation that is the nerd score. So basically, if a movie was not critically great, but super entertaining, that movie will get a higher score on the nerd scale and vice versa. So that's how we roll. And the scale is five parts, and it's simple. The first one is a no. A one is no. That means this movie is terrible, and you should never watch the movie a two is you've been warned that means it's not quite terrible but it ain't good so you've been warned never to watch the movie a three is ah 
It's good. These are average to good movies. They're not essential to go see in the theater or buy and add to your collection, but you're not going to regret seeing them. You can wait for them to be on a streaming service or whatever, but like I said, you won't regret seeing them. A four is just take my money. That means these are the very good to great films. These are films that you should go see in the theater. If they're in the theater, you could add them to your collection. You're probably going to add them to your one of your rotations. They're going to be movies that you enjoy watching multiple times. And last but certainly not least is the rarefied air. And that, of course, is certified nerd these are the movies that are legendary these are movies like jurassic park jaws and many more where you know what you're not only going to add them to your collection you're going to watch them on a, a pretty regular basis they'll go down in history if you will with that being said we're going to kick off with ron what is your nerd score for guardians of the galaxy volume three and why i'm going with a four i don't think i don't think it really hits the five cuss for me uh i did enjoy it um there, there, there's enough for the conclusion of the story. It's fine. I'm glad James Gunn was able to finish off the story and they didn't try to put somebody else there. Uh, and it is a good bookend. The fact that so we'll see where what characters go where when they show, blah, blah, blah. You know, it is what it is. I, it, it's there. It's definitely for worth watching. It's definitely worth, you know, sitting there and doing the trilogy watch and watching... You know, volume one, volume two, and volume three. If you really want to, if you're that kind of person, it's fine. It's good fun. It, you'll have a lot of laughs through it because we all did. And when we have a lot of laughs, we know everybody else will because we're like sticklers on where the comedy beats are. So it is a solid watch. It's worth it. Go to the theater, see it, make it all the money so James Gunn can keep working. All right, Diesel, your turn. Nerd scale. What do you give it and why? All right, we're at a four. Show me the money! I thought this movie was a great bookend for the Guardians franchise. I thought it did a great job wrapping things up. I think it's got great rewatchability. I personally cannot wait to watch this again. Most of my gripes were outside of the movie itself with the Marvel Phase 4. There was a couple things I thought they could have done better. But overall, I really enjoyed this movie and I thought it was a fun watch. You know what? I'm going to bury the lead, man. I'm just going to straight out say I'm also making a clean sweep. We are giving it a 4. Show me the money! So I guess that's a, a unanimous four. So a unanimous, just take my money. Yeah, I thought this movie was really good. It was very entertaining. I enjoyed the movie. Like, I'm with you. One of my biggest gripes is that the Phase 4 has felt a little deflated. This yeah. is definitely the best of the Phase 4 movies, in True. my opinion. Uh, with that, though, because it's had the best villain, and I do think it's had the best cohesive storyline as far as itself. Yeah. And I'm not shitting on the other movies. I thought Far From Home was really good, as you remember. I, I liked uh, Thor Love and Thunder, which I know that a lot of people didn't, but I really liked it. Mostly driven by Gore the Guy Butcher. I did like Multiverse of Madness. I just think that this movie probably when you compare it just as a standalone, it's better than those movies in my opinion because it's more entertaining and it gives you a little bit of everything. You know, there's, there's some drama, there's the action, there's the, you know, laughter. You know, you get a little bit of range of emotions here. So I really did. Like I said, a lot of my, my gripes were small but they were, they were enough of them that I couldn't quite get it to the certified nerd area. Yeah. With that, I'm also going to say my, my critic score for this movie, I was wavering back and forth. And you know what? I, I landed on, I, I decided we'll go with a little higher after talking about it. I'm going to give it an 8. I'm just going to bump it up to the 8. Because I was thinking about going with a 7 and 3 quarters, 7.75. I'm just like, you know, we'll just go with an 8. Because really, the two points coming off are just for small things. Mm -hmm. And one of the big things is not technically the movie's fault. It's basically, we've gotten so used to Marvel going in one direction. And it doesn't feel like they're in one direction anymore, if that makes yeah. sense. So I'm kind of like... I don't think I should crucify it as much for that. So I, I'm going to go with an eight on my uh, on my critic score 
four, just take my money, barely, barely missing the cusp of, of really a certified nerd. I mean, there's a couple things. I, I think if there was a couple things that would have gone the right way and we and maybe if the emotional stuff did pay off a little more, I think that maybe I would have given a little higher. Yeah. But I think you're right. I think we needed to introduce more friends that we cared about. And I also think that they, they just missed on it. And you've created this world. I'll also get with you with you said it's the second best of the Guardians movies. I agree. Uh, one, three, two. Yeah. If you want to go with the volume, so one, three, two is my order. And I did really actually like volume two. No, no, yeah. You know, a lot of people. Oh, yeah. I know a lot of people didn't, or yeah. that they were mixed on it. I was favorable to that movie, but I do think it was the worst. Which in that case, it still means it's a hell of a trilogy. Yeah, yeah. it's a hell of a trilogy. Oh, it's a really so. good trilogy. So with that, that is our scores. If you would like to hit us up, if you don't want to spoil it for people, what's that email address, Diesel? Three fat nerds pod at gmail.com. If not, if you want to talk spoiler free, make sure you hit us up on those social medias. It's easy to find those social medias and all of the other links. Just visit 3fnpodcast.com. And next week, we are not doing a new movie next week. No, no, no. We are celebrating a 25th anniversary and we are going to be reviewing in its 25th year. Of course, this month, by the way, the month of May, it will be the 25 years officially. We are going to be talking about Deep Impact. So I cannot wait to talk about that next week. And then we're going to follow that the week after. I do believe is uh, is it is it the Little Mermaid or are we, yeah. are we talking about family? I always forget. Uh, that. No, no, we're family. talking about family. family Fast X Mermaid. will be the next week. Little Mermaid is the week after that. So in order, the next three weeks of it. Next week will be 25th anniversary of Deep Impact, followed by Family Fast X, which I wish when Groot we heard Groot's voice. I wish he would have said Family because it would yeah. made me pop. And then the following week will be the Little Mermaid. So we got uh, one 25th anniversary followed by two brand new films, and then a couple more brand new films after that in the 3FN Movie Club reviews. Those are what you have to wait for in the future. But you know what you don't have to wait longer for? Ron, take care of your business. Two out of ten stars. FX overdone and poorly done at that. I think this movie disappoints due to its poorly done special effects and animation. Eek. My kids were horribly disappointed because things were not as they imagined it and looked fake and according to them were outright wrong. Even basic blue screening effects were simply terrible and FX where the others used just to use them as opposed to enhancing the story. As most reviews state that the movie is not for the little ones. Thankfully, I left my youngest at home with dad. I read and thoroughly enjoyed the books, but the movie lacked the wit, charm, and fantasy world that one can only find in their imaginations. Wait for rental. Two out of ten stars. Harry Potter just sucks people. Well... So why make anything? Because it's never going to compare to this person's wonderful imagination. Well, go fucking take some Xanax and daydream, you fucking cunt. Whoa. <laughs> Diesel just got raw on that ass. He knew I put the soundboard away so I could play the Diesel warning, but woof. Ooh, he got offended there. He, he let Diesel off the chain. I, I, I don't even care about the Harry Potter franchise. I'm just like trying to think, like, was the special effects bad? I'm like... Well, the special effects were fine. Like I think they probably hold up to this day. That <laughs> review of Harry Potter encapsulated <laughs> pro wrestling Twitter in a nutshell. I just want to leave it at that. Folks, uh, if you want to hear more about pro wrestling and our, our, our views on it, tune into 607 TWS anywhere you get great podcasts. Myself and Ken M for the ODPH. Shameless plug there. All right, folks. That's going to bring us to the end of the show. Hope you enjoyed our review of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. We'll be back next week to celebrate the 25th anniversary of Deep Impact on the 3FN Movie Club Review. Until then, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and most importantly, later, nerds. Later. Mm, I am Diesel. <laughs> Harry Potter just sucks people. <laughs> <laughs>